talking golf. <laughs> we are not talking golf. Uh, we are in our last hour of tonight with Lester. And earlier in the week, we ran our usual beautiful news feature where we uh, offer some inspiring and thought-provoking stories of great South Africans uh, doing uh, great things. And the person who we will be interviewing today is uh, photographer Lindsay Apollos. Here's his story. Take a listen. My photographic style, I think, is cinematic. I'm giving you a glimpse into kind of my memories and things of how things look to me, and that's essentially what the work is. When I photograph in the space that I grew up in or the people that I know, um, it's not to say that, oh, we were poor and this is poor and what poor looks like. It's also to show that the people in there are beautiful people. The minute I step onto a set or I'm shooting something for myself, I just feel so alive. The minute I like put the camera on and my brain switches on, it's like, here we go. In the Cape Flats, there are maybe a thousand of me that's undiscovered or hasn't been given the opportunity to nurture this gift or talent in some way. So if, if I can do anything is to bring kids up from there and saying, cool, you actually can do this. I hope that my work will show that it can be a liquor place if you get to know or understand what's inside there. Lindsay Apollos there, a photographer. He is now on the line. Lindsay, I, I love what you say that you don't want to construct what is basically poverty porn when yes. go when taking your photographs. If you want to check out Lindsay's work, you can go to beautifulnews.co.za now. His, his video is on the landing page and it's some striking images. Just back to that question, Lindsay, you're saying you do not want to create poverty porn but at the same time show that the people who live in these underserved communities in the townships in the cape flats have their own beauty to them yes exactly so so uh, thanks for having me on the show lister um i just want so for me it's about my memories and how i, I remember life growing up on the cape flats and it was it was a beautiful experience to me and so i think my i want my photography to kind of express that as well um, because whenever we see those images coming out of the Cape Flats, a lot of the times what we see is we see those poverty porn images of people being dirt, like you know, being the poorest of the poor and no access to anything. But we don't know what their lives are like inside their homes. And if I if I think back to mine, I had a I had a, I had a happy childhood with, with parents who loved me and who, who looked after me, and I had some really good friends and we had some good times. It was. How I can relate to that in particularly on the Cape Flats, you can have these contrasts and juxtapositions which would make striking um, photographs. You can have the poverty of tenement blocks or flats, but at the same time coming down those stairs is a young girl in an amazing matric ball dress. And, And that juxtaposition of poverty, but also the beauty would obviously make striking photographs. Yes, so if if I can, like, if I think back, there's a there's a, a memory of, you know, we were playing we were playing in the street, and on the corner were were lovers, and they were, you know, they were kind of in each other's space there, but in that same, there was a guy coming down the road with his with his bottles, um, going to go going to buy his beers, and so it's that kind of like that existed. It's a it's plethora of beautiful color and interesting people and you know so that that is what i saw as a as a child growing up there and it always stuck with me because it to me it looked like when i went home and i sat down in front of the tv and when i went outside and i looked outside it almost looked like exactly the same thing to me 
South Africa has a rich history of of photographers. Everyone from David Goldblatt yes. to Zanele Maholi to Cedric Nunn, um, Ken Temba, um, Alf Kumalo, amazing mm. photographers. Just who do you look up to to be inspired by your work? Who do I look up to? Yeah. So I think it's a, a very interesting uh, thing. So I didn't have any access to all these great photographers growing up. I mean, in the schools, we weren't taught about photography. Nobody said anything to us about it. Um, even in my teens, you know, it's, it's not something that's available to us. We don't see many photographs. It's why I, I actually became a photographer because I don't have any images of myself as a child. And so, and so no, not having that access, I didn't have any references to work from. Uh, and I literally just started picking up a camera and taking photographs. And it, it's when I picked up the camera and then the world suddenly made sense to me and then I started photographing. And then only after, I think maybe after a year or two of photographing, then I started looking, okay, cool. So who are our photographers? Who are telling our stories and researching and seeing the, the great photographers that came out of, of South Africa? Are you, are you a bit of a, a purist? Because everyone with a smartphone nowadays can be a, a, a photographer. There's mostly used for selfies. Uh, but do you <laughs> see the beauty in pe- on people having that accessibility to take photographs? I know what you, what you're saying that you don't, you didn't really have a photograph of yourself because back in the day, coming from poorer communities, taking the family photograph was a big deal. Yeah. And you was only going to be one time in a very long time, and that was it. But nowadays, yeah. every everyone has access to a smartphone with a camera. Are you a bit of a purist, or do you see the beauty in that accessibility of people being able to take photographs, not necessarily technically correct, mm. but still having that access to, to capture a moment? I, I absolutely love the fact that people now have, we, we all have cameras and we all can take photographs. Um, because some of, us, some of us take photographs for the fun of it, or some of us take photographs for, you know, we want to be photographers. And I think ultimately, you know, if you're serious about it and you, and you hone your craft, you eventually become good enough to, you know, either make a career out of this or, or, or just kind of like take nice photographs for your family. But I, I, I see nothing wrong with, because, you know, the saying goes, the cream always rises to the top. So if you are that good, you will get there. Um, and it's and it's and it's about working really hard to get there. So I'm I'm not a purist in that. I think only certain people, because that's kind of what happened in the past. Only certain people had access to cameras. Mm. We we didn't have access to cameras. I I didn't know what a camera. Like, I I didn't see a camera. It wasn't a thing for me. And if as I think if I had a camera at a much younger age, um, it would have helped my development. You know, because it was I I didn't understand the world. I didn't understand why I saw the world like the way I did. Until I, until I got a camera. And so there was a lot of confusion in my life growing up thinking like, well, what am I doing? And then when that happened, it's like an epiphany. Wow, now I can see, now I understand. And so if more people have access to that, more people can kind of explore um, just that one part themselves. I think that's, that's an important thing. How are you um, then helping to transfer those skills? So... So when I when I initially started out, I just you know I, I did work and I, I tried to get so from my area I grew up in I grew up in, in a place called Bridgetown in Athlone, and so what I would do is some of the kids that had kind of grew up around me, um, what I started doing was I, I would take them in as assistants, and so they would assist me on sets. Um, I'd explain to them kind of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. make them understand, 
and some they don't always have an ever a, a love for photography itself, but they they love the creative kind of world. Mm. And so a few of them have actually now moved into the film industry and are working in the film industry and absolutely love that mm. part of it. And then there's I've, I've also uh, 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 maybe about uh, two years ago, I um I did a talk at a high school, and um, it was really I really enjoyed kind of the interaction we had there. And then I started a program in high school, a photography program for kids who want to learn um, the kind of the technical stuff, but not only the technical stuff. I wanted them to understand my love photography, my love for photography, and why I think it's important to them, um, mm-hmm. or important to a, as, a, as a human being to be able to take a decent photograph. And so that's one of the programs I ran. Um, there's another one that we that I've done in um, in what is the area. Um, Oh, no, while, while you think about that, I, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to be part of some programs where they would take uh, children through how to use uh, film cameras. And just that patience, setting up a shot, having that delayed gratification of taking that shot and then having to process that film. And then only afterwards discovering the beauty that you've created. That was yeah. the lesson in itself for many young people. Yeah, it, well, not many young people have that patience anymore. It's, I think it's a little bit difficult to to tell them to wait. I mean, if you tell a kid to wait these days, they they have no understanding of what wait means. Um, and so, what what I what I think what I did was I said to them, "What do we all currently now have access to? Not everybody has access to a, a camera, a DSLR, or you know any kind of thing like that. But most of us now have cell phones. And so I would I would run these little cell phone." photography courses just you know basic understanding of light and how to mm-hmm. use it um and how to think about it um and then i i, I think kind of shooting something in film which is a, a, a beautiful experience because you have to be really present in the moment to understand mm-hmm. what you're doing and think about the shot is something that can then come mm-hmm. on after you've kind of fallen in love with the craft mm-hmm. Just finally, uh, on our beautiful news segment, Lindsay Apollos, where to next for you? Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's going to, I think this year, uh, 2019 will be an interesting year. I've got um, uh, sort of a bigish exhibition coming up towards the end of the year. Um, I'm working on some interesting projects with some really interesting people that I unfortunately cannot speak about yet until, mm. <laughs> um, until it's released. <laughs> well, we will wait for that. Uh, Lindsay Apollos, our beautiful news story for this week. An amazing uh, man. If you can go check out his photography and his uh, featured video on beautifulnews.co.za. Tonight with Lester on Cape Talk. We go back to the lines now. 021-446-0567. Simon in Halpe, thank you very much for waiting. You want to talk about Zimbabwe? Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, look, I don't want to rain on your beautiful news, but... Um, <laughs> uh, we we deal uh, with light and shade here on the show. Yeah, okay. Look, it's... It, it, it's um, yeah, I'd already sort of packed up for the day, gone to bed, and I received a, a, a phone call. It was a landline phone call from from Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. from a somebody who supplies us with with uh, with goods. And I then switched on the TV to try and get a measure of what's happening. And mm-hmm. I I feel a bit distressed because there seems to be a complete news embargo mm-hmm. as to what is happening in Zims. It is not friendly at all. Mm. Um, 
there's a lot of people being arrested. I, uh, from what I gather from this person, and he's not someone who's prone to exaggerate, mm -hmm. that the violence has really escalated, and there's a military crackdown and police mm -hmm. crackdown of of note. Um, it's 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 just very worrying that mm -hmm. we seem to have this news embargo, mm. and. We really don't know what's happening, but it's, it, it sounds horrific. I understand you do business in Zimbabwe. In, in which particular industry are you no, in? And okay. is it, and is it uh, affected at all by this uh, crackdown? No, 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 no. Well, uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a farm product. It okay. can't be delivered. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not getting a delivery. But uh, there's also been, uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but, uh, you know, obviously there's... Uh, mm. um, this person, um, uh, he has got some concerns and mm. possibly looking at trying to get out quite quickly. Um, it, it, it's a bit disjointed. It was quick. It was a call of help. And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here and thinking that, you know, we, we it's all Brexit and all the rest of it on mm. all the TV channels. And there's actually nothing saying how bad it is there. Mm, and I don't think we've got, I don't think we're aware of, okay, let's, let's halve what he's told me. Mm -hmm. It's still terrible. Well, we do know that there has been uh, an information crackdown the, and a blackout yes. there in Zimbabwe with the internet yes. being down. We understand yes. it was opened up for a few hours. Yeah. But you're right, information is slow to come out of Zimbabwe, and that's why mm. we are continuing to talk about that. Thank you very much, Simon from Houtbeek, who's saying that he received a call from uh, Zimbabwe uh, with uh, distressing news there about the situation. He says he does business in a particular farming product. He doesn't necessarily want to give too much detail in exactly uh, what sector he's in, but giving those details about uh, a the stressful time in Zimbabwe and that is why we're continuing to talk about it and uh, many people are asking us but why are we keeping on talking about Zimbabwe every every show it is an important story because what happens in Zimbabwe or any of our neighboring countries in the Sadak region ultimately affects uh, South Africa and South Africans uh, so it's a story that we're going to continue to be monitoring. If you are a Zimbabwean living in uh, Cape Town, call Cape Town home. You can call us on 021-446-0567 or you can WhatsApp us on 072-567-1567. We look forward to your calls, your WhatsApps and your SMSs. It's been a, a busy show. We've been talking about a lot, everything from football to cell phones in workspaces earlier, full call in to uh, say that he has a friend who works at a local spa supermarket in Belleville and at the beginning of each workday that uh, friend has to put his or her phone in their bag and then lock the, and the, the, the store manager locks it up for the entirety of that shift. This is obviously uh, a call that emanates from uh, the Department of Home Affairs saying that they are going to crack down on the officials using their phones during work hours. I